is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. Well, spring is finally here. We're recording in Austin, Texas, where we'll be through the end of next week while the Spring League is in session. For the remainder of quote-unquote spring, we'll be bringing you live interviews straight from Austin, where we'll continue hearing about the stories of the players in the league, but we'll now finally be able to hear firsthand what it's like to be on the Spring League field and, for most of these guys, back in pads for the first time in a long time. One quick reminder. The first Spring League games are this Saturday, April 7th, at the Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex in Austin. Saturday's doubleheader will feature matchups between Team East and Team West in the 1.30 p.m. time slot and Team South versus Team North in the 4.40 p.m. time slot. Tickets are available now at thespringleague.com, and we will also make it available in the descriptions of this podcast while the league is ongoing. Walk-up tickets will also be available on-site on game days. Now, let's get to our interview with Team West quarterback Austin Apodaca. Austin Apodaca is a 6'3 quarterback on Team West in the Spring League. He's a graduate of the University of New Mexico, but began his college career at Washington State. The Colorado native has spent time on the professional level with the Denver Broncos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL. He's the first live guest from the Spring League, and we now welcome him onto the Spring Forward pod. Austin, how you doing? Good, man. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you having me. So before we go back and cover your football history, uh, we're exactly one week since quarterbacks and receivers reported to the Spring League. Um, What's this experience in Austin been like for you so far? Yeah, it's been fun, man. Uh, You know, all my expectations were here to come here and, you know, just have fun, throw the ball around. Um, At the end of the day, show what I can do, you know, and I think, you know, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of that overall from a team standpoint. And uh, I think over anything, it's just been a lot of fun to meet a bunch of cool guys and uh, play football again. So that's what I was looking forward to doing, and I'm doing it. So can't can't complain, man. You're from Longmont, Colorado, <laughs> which is in the Boulder area. Yep. Um, and you ended up going to Washington State out of a high school, which competes against CU in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, did you get any looks from the Buffs out of high school? I didn't. No, I didn't. They had a coaching staff that, uh, unfortunately, didn't really like uh, recruiting Colorado kids. So got some... Got some other recruitment out of high school from uh, a lot of Pac-12 schools, but they were not one of them. So, so did, the, did the thought of competing against your hometown school cross your mind when you went to Washington State? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I kind of circled the schedule. Obviously, left er, left there early, but uh, circled the schedule when we would be coming to coming to Boulder, but obviously never got to that point. But, no, it was, uh, it was fun, man. I got to play against C- CSU uh, when I went to New Mexico, so it was fun playing against my hometown team and, uh, you know, just getting to go against those guys, so. So even even given Colorado's uh, aversion to in-state recruits, yeah, um, your college career got off to a start that I'm sure you wanted it to. You know, you went to a major, uh, a Big Five school right. um, in the Pac-12. What was high school recruiting like for you in general? Yeah, high school recruiting for me was uh, interesting. I went to a kind of a smaller school in Colorado, three A out of five A in Colorado. Um, you know, did well in high school. Got recruited, like you said, by some Power Five schools. Um, you know, I was kind of living the dream. You know wanted to go and, and play and throw it around and ultimately went to Washington State felt like that was the best fit so uh, the recruiting process you know just getting recruited by schools like you know Oregon and Washington State and um, Colorado State and some schools like that you know pretty cool to go through and uh, something I always always dreamt about so it was kind of a cool cool deal going through that. Uh, Washington State was one of the most pass heavy offenses in the country when you were there and that must be nice for a quarterback. Uh, what happened at Washington State that made you leave ultimately? Um, you know, it was just uh, kind of a combination of things as far as, you know, just 
Um, got a little homesick, was a young kid, first time being away. So, uh, you know, and the coaching staff was actually a new coaching staff that recruited me. I committed to the coaching staff previous to them. But, uh, no, I had a great experience there and I learned a lot um, from the guys that were up there and ultimately just made a decision for myself to, to leave and, and try to, you know, make my mark somewhere else. So um, it, wasn't, it was, wasn't one specific thing. It was kind of a, a combination of things. But, uh, you know, I don't have any regrets and I'm excited to be where I'm at now. So. You then ended up at the University of New Mexico, but with a pit stop first semester at Mesa Community <laughs> yeah, College man. in Arizona. Yeah, been um, around the block. So, I mean, the JUCO route is certainly not a new one for football players. No but, doubt. But yeah. talk about your time there. Yeah, my uh, my JUCO route was interesting. Mine was, you know, I was a qualifier out of high school, so I didn't, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a grade problem or anything like that. Mine was ultimately go to the JUCO route. Mine was to um, get back to the D1 ranks without having to sit out. So that was why I made that decision to go there. And, uh Got got some uh, offers out of there, and you know the rest is history. That's that's where I'm at now. So it was a fun it was a fun pit stop, Mesa, Arizona. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but uh, it's not the worst place to go to JUCO. I, I can think of plenty other JUCOs in the country that are probably not as fun as Mesa Community College. So unfortunately, Mesa recently closed their football program, and, yeah. uh, and you're very supportive of the JUCO system um, and what it means to the football community. What do you think needs to be done to make sure these schools feel the love and can remain in place as a safety net for players in similar positions? To you? Right, yeah, no doubt. I think the biggest thing is that's an outlet and an opportunity for so many kids that don't wouldn't otherwise get that opportunity to play football at the next level. A lot of guys that I know wouldn't have been able to play a D1 football or professional football. A lot of guys in the NFL from that area that wouldn't have gotten that opportunity without those uh, JUCOs in place for them to play ball. So, I mean, it, I'm a huge proponent of, uh, you know, just – Juco football in general, obviously, it's kind of a crappy thing that they're getting rid of it. I hope, uh, hope, we, hopefully, we can change it, and uh, you know, maybe they can stick it out a few more, a few more years. So it's a really good opportunity, and I'm, I'm hoping that they change their minds on it because Arizona's got some really good ball players, and it's a lot of fun playing down there. So they need to, they need to, they need to keep it. So whatever the district's name is, you guys need to change your minds. So. As you said, you went the JUCO route so you didn't have to sit out a year and get back. And, yeah. and you were right, ultimately. I mean, you got back to the D1 ranks with New Mexico. Um, what was that decision-making process like? Is it like high school recruiting all over again, or is it yeah. a little different because you've got some tape in the Pac-12? Yeah, you're a little different. I mean, like you said, tape in the Pac-12 helped a little bit. Obviously, JUCO highlights, you know, and my film and JUCO helped. It was a little bit weird, though. I, was, I felt like I was going through high school recruiting part two. Um, New Mexico ultimately recruited me a lot out of high school, and I felt like I had a good relationship with them uh, just stemming from that high school relationship, you know, and uh, ultimately decided to go there. But it definitely was kind of a high school recruiting round two, and I was very excited to get it over with the second time around because the first time you really enjoy it and you're the big man on campus, and the second time, while it's similar stuff to that, you know, you're just trying to get to your next stop and, and go with it. So I was, I was happy to make my decision and, and roll, so. You've said in interviews that, that I've listened to that New Mexico's triple option system may not have been the best system for you. Yeah, uh, Take us through your time there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, um, definitely not a triple option style quarterback. Um, that's in my opinion. I think in most other people's opinion that would probably be the case as well. Um, probably wasn't the right system for me to play in. Um, but, you know, I played a lot. I got a lot of good, you know, good playing experience. Didn't have as many pass attempts I, as I would have liked in college, uh, especially my last two years. But, you know, helped to lead my team to uh, back-to-back bowl games. We went 9-4 to my senior season. Uh, like I said, wasn't the most statistical heavy offense for, for a passer. But, you know, like I said, made a lot of great friends and uh, lifelong guys that I'll know. And we, di- we did really well. So it was a lot of fun. If I could go back, I would definitely have liked to throw the ball up. 
15 plus times. That would be ideal. So. Sure. And, and but I don't know, have a time machine. Welcome so. to Austin. Yeah. And, and, you, you, and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about your time on the field there later, but you've certainly been slinging it around. Yeah, thank you. Um, you're actually not the only New Mexico alum at the Spring League. No. Yeah. Uh, defensive back Saquon Edwards is yep. also on Team West with you. Uh, did you guys overlap in Albuquerque at all? Or do you we know didn't. Him? No, he was uh, he left right before I got there. So, but I I know of him, and I'm, I think he knows of me. You know, we've met up and um, you know kind of talked a little bit. You know, just about our experiences at New Mexico and stuff like that. And he seems like a real good dude. And uh, you know, it's nice to have a fellow Lobo out there. Um, anywhere you go to places like this, it seems like it's just such a small world. Everyone kind of knows each other, and in the football world, that's kind of what it's like. So it's nice to have a guy that I I know through the through that a little bit. So. And given the spring league, you know, it's guys from all backgrounds and all colleges, you know, mixing. I think we've got yep. 150 guys here, yep. and, and Hawaii has the most alums at five. Is that, is that at, right? At five. So they got that, five guys yeah, here. Yeah, so that's not, that's not an incredible amount. Um, are there any other spring league attendees that you were close to before you got down here that you've been hanging out with oh, the last man. week? Close to uh, Jordan Vaden. He uh, played against him in high school. He's from Colorado, too. He's on, uh, I think he's, I believe he's on the North team. He went to Colorado State University. So I played against him through high school and college. So he's one of my good buddies. Paul Browning, he's actually on Team West. So go Team West. He's a CSU Pueblo graduate. He went to uh, Widefield High School, I believe, in Colorado Springs. So those two guys have, I've been with, I've trained with. We've been throwing in Colorado beforehand. Um, other than that, no, I mean, there's guys, obviously, that I've known a little bit through playing against them. There's a couple Hawaii guys that were not happy with me because at New Mexico we had a, a game-winning drive against them, and you know I, don't, I really don't want to make the Polynesian Hawaii linebackers mad because uh, there's, there's a lot big, of them. There's some big boys, and they got they got a, they got a gang here. They got a they got a group of guys, so they got five guys. So that's not one you want to mess with. But no, but they're all good guys, and uh, you know just nice meet, meeting up with those guys again. So and for the listeners, Team West will be suited up in gray, even though you've been in red yep. all weekend practice. Yeah, you, I've been in red because I'm a quarterback. So yeah, but no, gray gray's where it's at for sure. I mean, the other teams, you know, they look great, but I think I think gray's gray's where it's at for sure. Plus, we got some some sharp unis. So just like one of our earlier podcasts in Mitch Leidner, uh, you got to try out with your hometown NFL team in the Broncos. Uh, what's it like getting a chance, even if there's a small one at a club that I assume you grew up rooting for yeah, or at no least doubt. know a lot about if you didn't? Yeah, yeah. No, it was awesome, man. I mean, uh, it was something, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, get a chance to you know, work out and uh, try to play for those guys. Um, I definitely was a fan. I was a huge fan of, of the Broncos growing up. Big John Elway fan. Had my had my Broncos gear rolling around when I was little. Um, it was cool, man. I think once you get to that level of uh, you're going into the drafts and stuff like that and getting prepared for that, um, you kind of try to, your best to put those things aside just because you want to, you know, be professional and, and treat it like that. But it's, it's definitely it was definitely a fun experience to, to get in front of those guys and meet John Elway and, you know, Coach Joseph and all those guys and be at the facility that I've, you know, drove past since I was a little guy. So, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so hopefully I can get another chance with uh, – whether it be them or any of the other 31 teams in the NFL. So. <laughs> and for those that haven't been, Colorado and Denver is a great sports town. I mean, you rolled in here with yeah. your Rockies hat. I got my Rockies hat on, so big, big, big Rockies guy. So the Broncos ultimately didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but you get a cool experience, and then you did get some game experience in Canada with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yep. Um, that was during their preseason last year. Did anything about the pro game surprise you? You know, And we'll talk about Canadian football. Yeah, next, right. that's but, another story. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, the, the pro game is obviously fast. Um, I think the biggest thing that I got out of my time so far in the in the pro game is just how, obviously, it's kind of um, understood, but how professional guys are. Everyone's, you know, you're 
doing your job or you're getting cut. And uh, you gotta you definitely gotta get in the playbook. You gotta work on your craft. And um, I think I'd say that's the biggest thing, biggest difference between college and pro is that while college college guys are dedicated to their craft and everything, you know, at the pro level, it's just a different level. You gotta be one step ahead of everyone else if you want to keep your job and and, and last and, and stick in it. So I think that's the biggest thing. And I feel like the second go around for me is something I've I've definitely learned from. Uh, from going through it a little bit, so it's been a lot of fun just you know trying to be as good a pro as possible. So, and and as far as you understand the Canadian game, what are the major differences that maybe you don't realize growing yeah. up in, in the states? So, there's plenty of differences. Obviously, the, once you kind of get in it, you know them a little bit more. There's big differences. You add another guy on the field, the field is much much bigger. Um, it seems like you're throwing at 70 yards to throw a five yard hitch. Um, the waggle, so all the receivers can go in motion at one time, which is you know obviously different from the American game. Um, so guys going up there for the first time, uh, yeah, I mean it's confusing for the first couple of days, no doubt about it. There's different rules too. There's like there's weird weird rules. Like if there's a fumble, you can like like tap it around and like ki- like if you kick it out of bounds, like if there's a fumble and you kick it out of bounds, that team gets the ball. Whoever kicked it, yeah. So I think that's just it's crazy. Like. To me, that's just a savage rule in the in the CFL that just brings it brings it to another level than uh, the other American ga- the American game. So no, it's just some different different rules, and um, but it's a, it's a fun, you know, you got to learn it. So and there have been CFL scouts out in Austin. Yeah, there so, have. Uh, yep. Maybe we should start playing some. No uh, doubt. Yeah, play we, a game Canadian. We were joking so. about that. Yeah, I was like, man, maybe for these CFL scouts, every once in a while, I'll throw a waggle in there, see see how people react. But I don't think the DBs would like that very much. So. Uh, you're perhaps best known for your arm strength. I mean, I've, uh, again, like I've seen you throw the rock all over the Spring League field. Today on your first try, you closed practice out with a 60-yard hit on, a, on the crossbar on your first try. Um, so assuming that's what scouts will pick up on, on first, what else do you hope they notice right. about you? I think, um, you know, what I want to bring to them is definitely – obviously I want to I show Or you can keep off, talking about your arm strength. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, I definitely want to show scouts that, you know, I do have a strong arm, but I want to show scouts – that I can pick up an NFL offense, that I can throw on time, that I have anticipation, that um, I can get into the right plays, I can get into the right checks, um, that I can identify a defense. There's so many other things that I want to show that I'm, um, you know, I can bring bring many things to the game, and that's kind of you know why I'm here. I want to show that I can I can be a quarterback at a high level and all the things that come with it. So, but no, I definitely you know I feel like that that's I do feel like that's one of my strengths, and I, while I want to work on everything obviously i want to show that off as well so i want to show everything off you know i just want to want to be good at everything so well so speaking of the quarterback <laughs> position it requires you to know more than any other position on the field right no offense to any of the other players no doubt thing. yeah um but what has it been like to learn a playbook in basically a week and be yeah. ready to execute in a game in three days yeah it's different especially the couple of the offenses i've been in um you know when i was at washington state it was super simple terminology two words you know for the whole play and then at new mexico I was, you know, running a little bit more complex of a system, but it was all mostly run game, obviously. So um, this has been, you know, a learning curve for me because this is really the first time I've ever in my life ran a pro-style offense. So uh, I feel like I'm picking it up pretty well. You know, a lot of it is just being prepared. I feel like, you know, preparation breeds confidence, and I know that sounds super cliche, but I feel like it's true and just got to go out there to the best of your ability and, and prepare, prepare like you're a pro. So that's kind of what I've been working on this whole time. And um, gotten a lot of help from the coaches. They've been great here, so it's been a lot of fun. And do you still feel like you're overcoming the sort of the college reputation that's that's tied to you, that being in such a – I mean, triple options, a right. very college-y yeah, college yeah, yeah. offense. No, it is, it is, a, it is a really college offense. Um, and it works at the college level, you know, at certain at certain times. But, uh, yeah, I, did, I definitely think so. I mean, there was guys in my class who would throw the ball – 50 times a game, and they, they obviously have more film than me coming out of college. So I don't think 
Um, I think that's, you know, still, still out there, but, um, you know, I want to prove that, you know, I can play quarterback at a high level, like I said, and do all the things that, um, all those guys can do that got to throw it, throw it a bunch. So I'm not worried about it just because I think it's another thing to add to, you know, the list of, you know, to knock out. So I think I'm excited about it and I I like the challenge of it. So I'm, I'm ready to work for it. So. Now, given this next question, assuming that your playing career lasts a very long time yeah. because of your spring league ideally, experience, right ideally, now, right? <laughs> um, your dad was your high school coach, and you've done some coaching as well. Yeah, um, is that something you're interested in pursuing after your playing career is over? No doubt. Yeah, I think football for me is a lot of fun. Just uh, being around, obviously playing, like you said. Hopefully, I have a 15 year plus uh, career in the NFL. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean after. Football, I'd definitely like to get into coaching because, uh, you know, it's what a better way to make a living than to, to coach something that you love to do. So I helped, I helped my dad with the high school group, his high school team last year, and I'm doing a little private uh, training out in Colorado too. And, uh, no, it's been fun. It's just help, helping kids get better, and, you know, it's a lot of fun to, to be out there. I was also um, helping out on a little ranch, so it's a little easier than scooping up horse poop for sure. So. I mean, we talk about Denver as a sports town, but but Coloradans are also very outdoorsy people. I Super mean, outdoorsy, uh, yeah. Where do your interests lie outside outside of football, and and is Colorado and being outdoorsy a part of that? Huge part. Of it. Yeah, I love Colorado, man. Uh, Texas is growing on me a little bit. You know, I've been here a few times. This is sort of similar, less mountains. Sort of similar, less <laughs> mountains. Yeah, Austin's a little hilly, but um, you know, I like that about it. But no, Colorado is awesome, man. I uh, one thing I'm really inter- uh, really like doing is. Uh, riding horses, been around horses a lot uh, my whole life. So um, that's kind of my main hobby is, you know, being around horses and being horseback. So that's one of the things that I really like doing. And my ideal uh, my ideal place to live is probably northern, northern Colorado or, like, southern Wyoming area because, man, no, most people don't want to live in Wyoming, and it's super cheap to live there. So I can buy about 25 horses and 20, 30 acres for about – Three hundred thousand dollars, and that's a pretty. Good and deal. zip on so, down to Denver. Yeah, and then just be right there in Denver if you need to be. So no, that's ideal. Uh, we were talking about digital media, photography, video earlier today in practice. Yep. Even you do a little podcasting on the side. A little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll give you I'll give you a minute to plug plug your own your yeah. digital endeavors and in your podcast. No, I just <laughs> uh, you know I just like uh, I'm a big I'm a big uh, video editing guy. I'm not I'm not a pro by any means. I'm actually a very very big amateur at it but i like the photo editing uh anytime my guys from college or whatever like uh want to have a highlight made or something i try to do my best to to hook them up with something i like doing i made my own high or i made my own college highlight video so definitely want to check that out i feel like that's on youtube yeah that's on youtube austin (laughs) avadaga no but uh you know i made it with iMovie so don't you know don't hate on me if it's if it's not the most quality made highlight video but i think it's pretty solid so you have to check it out but no i I enjoy doing that and got respect for people like you who do it because it's uh it's a lot harder than people think you know to edit those photos and be a be a good social guy like that so well, so we're going we're gonna to end this out on a corny note. Yep. Appreciate Austin coming to chill with us in Austin. Let's go. That's what I was waiting for right there. And that's actually, that was also Austin's joke, so yeah. I'll give him credit for it. Yep. I don't want people yelling at me for that one. <laughs> um, but, no, thank you for chilling with us. Um, you know, we used to say can't wait for spring, but we're here. And, and we're games, in it. Games are on we're Saturday. We're in spring now, yep. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate you having me, man. It was a blast. All right. Well, that will bring us to the end of our first episode from the ground in Austin. Thanks to Austin for taking a break studying his playbook to sit down with me for a few minutes and chop it up about his football life. Best of luck to him moving forward, and especially this Saturday. Once again, head to thespringleague.com to buy tickets for this weekend's game, or check out the link in the description of this episode. 
You can follow Austin on social media at The Real Papa Doc. You can follow The Spring League on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Spring League. And lastly, you can follow me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at ThisIsMyOtherIG. All music was provided to Spring Forward by Joshua Rosner. We'll be back soon with another live story from Austin. Later. No.